Well, I am going to do something different on this video today that I've never done before. I'm going to go through a live demonstration with my credit score to illustrate to you the different decisions that we make in our financial lives and what impact it has on our credit score. A lot of people at some point in their lives are going to go and look for loans. Maybe it's that shiny car you've been wanting to buy for so long. Imagine the disappointment when the bank or the car dealership says, we're not going to lend you the money because your credit rating isn't good enough. Uh, that can be devastating, whether it's a car, whether it's a mortgage, whatever the case may be. Um, it really is important that we don't underestimate how important a role uh, our credit rating, our credit score uh, plays to things like the ability to get the loan, or even if you can get a loan, uh, what type of interest rate you're going to be charged on that. Today, we're going to look at how to establish good credit history. And also, if you've already blown that up, how to sort of rehabilitate it and what steps you can take to to rebuild on the credit rating that you have lost due to some you know some behavior in the past let's start right from the top what is a credit score well a credit score is just a three-digit number that essentially uh, says to a lender it quantifies the risk that you present to them if they're going to lend you money now the range in Canada is from 300 at the bottom end to 900 at the top end we have two major reporting entities we have Equifax and TransUnion, you may have heard of those before. Interestingly, this credit score that all of us have is not necessarily the same at both of those companies or any reporting agency for that matter. Each of them have their own independent measurements, calculations, uh, algorithms that they follow to calculate that score. They're basically going to be the same. They do mean the same thing, but when you go to borrow money, uh, a lender, a potential lender can go to either of those entities or both and check your credit record. Uh, they might not get the exact same score, but they're going to tell them the same thing. A logical question in this endeavor here is what is a good score? And that's a bit of a tough question to answer because there isn't that one across the board. But most of the agencies, these two I've just spoken about, break it down into five basic categories. Excellent, very good, good, fair, and poor. Let's start right at the top and just go through those five. If you have an excellent credit rating, it means you're a low risk borrower. You're probably not going to have any trouble getting loans for whatever the endeavor is that you're looking for. Um, if you are very good, it means that you've demonstrated in the past that you are reliable to repay your debts. You'll have a pretty easy time being approved. In the good category, it means you're a, you're a, a reasonable risk. And all else being equal, you're probably going to be acceptable to most of the lenders who are going to be giving you money. Now we go into the fair category, which is considered subprime. This means that lenders are going to consider you a higher risk of not getting repaid. And so you may have to jump through a few more hoops. And finally, in the poor category, you probably won't be able to get credit. You've either demonstrated uh, you're, you're unreliable to repay in the past, or maybe you just haven't established a credit rating in the first place, place you're probably going to need to wait and improve that credit rating uh, before you go out and borrow money. So let's talk about what a credit score is used for. It is an objective, impartial snapshot at any point in time of your credit worthiness, essentially. That's what it all comes down to. It's designed to be able to provide lenders with a, um, an assessment of the risk of lending you money and the risk that you're not going to be repaying them. For example, if you've applied for a personal loan, will you be in a position to actually repay that money? If you're applying for a credit card, are you going to actually make the payments? Or in cases, for example, where you're looking to rent somewhere, are you actually going to be reliable for those rent payments? It can be used in any of those circumstances, mortgage, car loans, other loans, uh, rental situations, um, applying for a job sometime comes up. Those are all 
the reasons why having that good credit score is vitally important. Now, I mentioned at the outset that with this uh, online platform, with uh, my BMO Diners Club credit card, they have a function that we can simulate various scenarios. What I wanna go through now is I'm gonna look through these five things we've just talked about and show you the key relevant factors that you can use so that you can either establish or go ahead and improve your own credit rating. There are five main factors that go into determining your credit score. The 35% of that calculation is based on your payment history. 30% is on the credit that you've used versus your available credit. 15% is your credit history. Now that's different from your payment history. We'll get into that in just a moment here. 10% is on your public records. And the final 10% is on inquiries into your uh, into your account. So let's go through now and cover each of those off with some demonstrations. Let's start right at the top with the 35% number. This is the largest factor that goes into your credit rating. Um, this will calculate missed payments, uh, both how many and how recently you've missed. Things like your credit cards, you have a line of credit, a department store accounts will be calculated in there, automobile loans, even student loans. And of course, if you have a mortgage or a home equity line, this will calculate, this will track whether you've made your payments there. When you go and look for a credit rating, one part of that will be a list of all the creditors that you have right now. And for the purposes of what we're doing today, I'm gonna to use my Diners Club card to illustrate this. And if you can just see from the screenshot here, they will have a whole bunch of different information. For example, the current balance versus the maximum amount that you're allowed to have. They will often also have the highest balance you've ever had against there, the payment amount that you need to make in the next payment, when you last made a payment, and a few more details on the account. Now, really critically is the payment status category. This is where a lender will be able to look and see if you've missed payments. So it will show when you last made a payment, it will also then show for 30 and 60 and 90 day periods within the last six years, how many late payments you've had. So you can say in the case here, I'm fortunate where I haven't had any of those, but if I had been late 30 days or more, it would calculate the number, put them there, 60 and 90 and so on down the line. In this simulator, you can see here, this is actually my reporting system. So with TransUnion credit score right now, I have a credit score of 865. And when we move down the page, this will allow us to simulate the various scenarios. So let's go right down and start off with sort of the worst of the worst, which is the delinquency. So if I allow one monthly account to go delinquent, so my credit score right now is 865, I'm gonna simulate if I am late more than 30 days for one credit card that I have, you can see that that will take my score immediately down to 745. So I'm going from that 865 band right down to 745. If I change that to 60 days late, that will now knock me down from 745 all the way down to 724. When we revisit the ratings, you can see that takes me down into this band right here, which is a huge drop from the top band that's just by making a payment 60 days late, and I'll just simulate 90 days late, and that will take the score right down to the bottom band. It will come out with a score for me of 629. So you can see how that falls right here into the very lowest and making it either more expensive to borrow or probably in this case, not being able to borrow at all. If you have more than one credit card or more than one debt that you owe and you are delinquent on more than one account, let's have a look at the impact that that has. And now you can see there's a category allow every monthly account to be delinquent. So in this case, for 30 days, takes us right down to 718. Again, right down to the second last category here. If you allow every monthly account to be delinquent 60 days, 
that will knock you down in this case to 677. And in a worst case scenario where you go 90 days, that takes you down to 543. And you can see again by these banding that is right down near the bottom. And in a worst case scenario, you go into collections. So you've neglected to pay your bills and someone actually takes you to collection. We can simulate that as well. We can see here that even if only one revolving account goes into collections, I'm gonna turn that on and you will see that takes us down to 650 on that score. So the lesson here has to be, whatever it takes, short of going out and committing a crime, I suppose you would say, don't be late on your payments. If you have to pay the minimum, pay the minimum. If you have to call the credit card company and explain something, uh, just talk with them because you just don't wanna ignore that, let it go, certainly not into collections, but just pay uh, at least the minimum amount on a monthly basis that's very critical. Now, 30% of your credit score is the amount of credit that you've used versus the amount that's available to you. So it's just a ratio. Are you maxing out all your credit cards or do you have some limit, but you're just using a portion of those? Lenders like to think that you have some buffer in there. If you have a, a $5,000 credit and you're at $4,995, they don't like that. It means that you probably don't have a lot of extra cash out there to, to service those debts. Um, we don't want to keep cash, or we don't want to keep our accounts near the upper limit. So let's simulate if we add more debt. And again, using my scenario here as an example. First thing I'm gonna do is simulate adding a loan. So they have mortgage, auto, and personal. And I'm gonna start with a personal or auto loan. So let's assume I wanted to buy a car and I needed to borrow $2,000 to get that done. And I'm gonna simulate that score. And that loan takes me from 865 down to 857. So not a huge impact, just a few points that probably will just be more because of the, the inquiry itself. We'll look at that in just a moment, but that's going to show you the impact. Now, what if you want to borrow more money? And I guess this is obviously will be different to every single person. It will be a, a personal depending on some other factors as well, but I'm going to bump this scenario up and I'm going to simulate what if I want to borrow $40,000 because I want a, a nicer car. So I'm just going to click in $40,000 here and hit the simulator. And in this case, it doesn't affect the score at all. So even this is 30% of the score, it has very minimal impact. And what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna say, imagine I want to take out a mortgage. So there is an option for that. I'm gonna go into the mortgage category here and I'm gonna say, I need $300,000 to go out and buy myself a nice little condo in Vancouver. And again, very interestingly, it doesn't take the score down any further from where I was already at, at the 857 for any loan from 2000 up to $300,000. Now, what if you just wanna add a credit card to your stable of credit cards? I wanna simulate that right now. So if we look at adding a $5,000 credit card, and then we go and we hit the recalculate to simulate that score, we can see that that, again, has a very minimal impact on the credit score. It goes from 865 down to 857. And very interestingly, if we say, I want a little bit more than that, I actually want $25,000 as an additional credit card here, the simulator will take the score from 857 up to 869. So this is interesting, even though I would have availability of more credit, this is what I talked about earlier, that ratio of having more credit available. The assumption here is I'm not gonna go and spend it all, run up a bill of $25,000 on it, so the credit, the credit score will actually calculate the additional room I have in my borrowing capacity there. Lastly, I wanna look under this category of raising the limit. And I'm gonna go through three examples here. If I want to go, for example, and add a $1,000 credit limit to my available borrowing power here and simulate that, it's going to have zero impact on my score. I'm going to bump that up to $9,900 and see if that has an effect. I'm going to simulate that. 
and it doesn't, it still stays at 865. But if I go to 9,950 and simulate that, that actually will have an impact on my score that will raise it up to 877. Same concept I just spoke about where you have that ratio of, of used credit versus your available credit. So let's move now to the next category, which is 15% of your credit score is based on your credit history. So like I said earlier, this isn't your payment history, but it's how long you've had debt. How many months or years have you been able to demonstrate that you are a reliable borrower. This category is really, really challenging if you're a younger investor because you may not have had the opportunity to have months or years of, of credit history there. This illustrates though to me the importance of establishing some credit. So it doesn't mean a lot, but all you need to do is have a, a credit card with a low limit or a loan of some nature that you can demonstrate, I'm reliable to pay this back. And when the, the, the companies, when these calculations are done, they just want to see that you are responsible and that you've demonstrated. The longer that history is better, and if we look back to my Diners Club card, I got that card in 2001. So that's obviously a long, reliable time period. In this situation, we can't simulate um, the time record here. So we're gonna move on to the fourth category that, that determines your credit score, which is 10% uh, goes to public records. So what are public records? Well, these are things like bankruptcies, if you've had uh, judgments against you, for example, in court, if you have a foreclosure on a property, or if you um, have had uh, accounts that have gone into collections before, these are a negative impact. Interestingly, I think um, it's 10% of the total score. You'd think it would be higher, but if you have a record, of having gone that far in the past, it will affect. Now, time will um, will be a factor here as well. If it just happened last year, probably uh, worse than if it happened six or seven years ago. And I say six or seven because the vast majority of provinces um, do keep these on the records for six or seven years. Um, in Prince Edward Island, if you have a judgment against you, the time frame that those will remain on your record, on your credit score, there are 10 years. In the event of bankruptcy, depending on the province, it will be six or seven years. But if you've had the misfortune of going into bankruptcy twice, uh, they'll double that to uh, 14 years. So that's something obviously you want to avoid at all costs. And the last um, issue here, the last element is 10% for inquiries. There is a lot of misconception out there that says every time your credit record is checked or your credit score is checked, it's going to knock your score down. And it's not always um, the case. There are two categories that are applied to this type of thing. There's hard hits or hard inquiries, I guess they're called. And these are things like if you're actually applying for a loan or if you're applying for a new credit card, inquiries that are related specifically to acquiring credit. So that's one category. There's also a category called soft hits or soft inquiries, which have no impact. And these are things more like if, if you want to check your own credit rating, uh, we're going to talk about that in a moment here, um, then that will not count against you. Things like uh, a company might be looking, if you already have a loan, they might just do a check on you periodically to make sure nothing major has changed there. That's not going to show as a hard hit. Um, if you, through employment, if your employer or if you're going to rent a, uh, if you're going to rent an apartment, for example, and the either the employer or the, the uh, landlord wants to check your credit rating, they can check that uh, with your permission, obviously, but those will um, those will not count against you as far as your credit rating is concerned. Um, one thing that will account against, though, are particularly when it comes back to the hard inquiries, is if you tend to, if there's a record recently of you applying for a lot of different credit. So that may indicate to a borrower 
or to a lender that you are you know, maybe a little bit desperate for money. And so you're going out and sort of you know, throwing spaghetti against the wall and see if it'll stick. Um, so be careful in that regard. And also um, how recently you've applied. If you had three or four hits you know, years ago or some number of months ago, it'll have less impact than, uh, than now. So let's just go back to the simulator and, and simulate in my circumstances here, what if there is one hard hit against my account? What impact will that have? Well, if I simulate that, the account will go from 865 down to 859. So there's something happening out there, but obviously very minimal. It still stays in that higher category. Now I tested this and for one, two, and three, it's the same. But if I went for four credit inquiries, so I'm gonna go up to four and do it again. And then the 859, that will take that down to 844. So it does have a, a more harsh impact. Again, not severe, but it does have a stronger impact. And I tested it all the way from four up till 10 and there was no change there. So it seems to be the most important thing is, um, again, if you're doing a whole bunch of checks in succession, one or two or three is no big deal. And I, again, if you're doing them frequently or more recently. So let's look at how do you build a credit score or how can you improve a credit score that you already have. The number one thing, the first thing is um, it's a good thing to start building that score. The longer you have to demonstrate your ability, the better. The score is, is dynamic in nature. It changes like all the time um, throughout the month. And it's it, it can take time to establish that. So even if you start, as I mentioned earlier, with a small amount, that can really play a big role in helping establish that. Another thing that the lenders look for is a, a mix of credit. They don't want to have someone with a whole bunch of Visa cards. They like to see things like lines of credit, mortgages, even auto loans just to demonstrate that you have sort of a, a more well-rounded life and you're not just um, uh, just going out and building up or, or borrowing and spending a whole bunch of money in one particular category. Basically, just avoid having too many, uh, too much credit of any one type. To improve your credit score, I mean, just always pay your bills on time. And we talked about this a little, a little while ago, every single time. That's the most important thing you can do to keep your credit rate going there. I'm talking about credit cards. I'm talking about uh, phone bills, you know, mobile phones. The most um, negative impact, as we saw, late payments, collections, and bankruptcies. So as much as you can, um, obviously, uh, go uh, avoid going there. We talked about the um, amount of credit you have or have used versus the available credit. And from what I've been able to see here in Canada, they like to keep that ratio down below 35%. And I've seen numbers which even suggest lower than that obviously a little bit lower is better but in the simulation we did for example in my case when i borrowed or up the limit they actually that it increased the credit score so um, keep it below 35 percent so whether it means paying down some debt or even you know in some cases if you're responsible um, adding a little bit of, of upside on the buffer there that will give you um, some a benefit there it'll give you a credit score boost um, also, I want to uh, just mention here, you can um, get free credit checks. So with, with Equifax, um, with TransUnion, you're entitled to go and get a free credit. You can either have it done by mail or nowadays you can just get it online. It is important that you check regularly. Um, I check my credit record all the time just to make sure there's no um, nothing that's come in, whether it's identity theft, any inaccuracies, you do have the right. If something crops up there, there's an account that shows up or uh, someone has misreported, that you can um, go and correct the record with those entities there so that doesn't affect your score. If you have an old account, so if you're a little bit older and you have an account that's been open for 10, 20, 30 years, keep it open because that is going to form part, even if you're not using it anymore. And I have some old credit cards that I'm not using anymore, haven't used for years, 
uh, but they are part of that overall picture uh, that the banks like to see um, that you are, you know, you, you've been doing this for a while. So it's uh, less of a risk factor there. But I hope this has helped for you. Um, I really appreciate you watching uh, the video. We do have a link below for our investing academy. And I thank you for watching. And I, I do look forward to seeing you in the next video.